Alright everybody, welcome to episode 7 of NPC Talk. Today is July 9th, 2015, and for some NPC Talk news, um, right now all my episodes are kind of just stuck in my incronaut.tumblr.com, and they force you into a 10 megabyte limit, so the quality hasn't been that great. Um, But just today, I bought a new domain name, www.incronaut.com, and... um, yeah, we're going to use that to uh, get a legit podcast going, so I'm pretty excited for that. But um, for today, we have other things going on. I have two very special guests, and we are going to be talking solely or mostly about Destiny today. Uh, from episode 5, we have Alex. Hello, Alex. Hey, Chris. And today we have a new guest, uh, Alex's friend, and someone who um, we had... An adventure together in Vegas a few years back. Um, Evan, how are you doing today? Very good. How about yourself? I'm uh, pretty tired, but I'm pretty excited for Destiny, so I'm juiced up again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, Evan, since we haven't uh, had a proper intro for you, do you want to talk a little bit about like your experiences with you know FPSs and maybe some MMOs since we're talking about Destiny today? Uh, well, sure. Uh, I mean... FPS in general, I started mostly with uh, Battlefield 1942, I believe, was awesome. my first FPS. And I would I'd put that up there in one of my top few games, because that game was just amazing in terms it, of yeah. FPSs. Oh yeah, um, I love a it. A world of its own. Um, but from there, I went to Halo. Mm-hmm. Uh, many good times with uh, our friend here, Alex, and a few <laughs> others. Uh, and then mostly just consider, uh, con- uh, continue with Halo. Uh, I did forget, uh, I don't know how I could have forgotten this, but Goldeneye and Perfect Dark from oh, before yeah. then. Oh, oh yeah. So, Dark. Uh, those were both amazing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of friendships made and destroyed <laughs> with Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. So, I mean, from there on, it was pretty much just anything that came out. Call of Duty, Battlefield, Destiny in this case. Mm, nice, uh, nice. All kinds, all kinds. So I've, I played a bunch of them. All right, and um, I believe that, so I'm not a Destiny player myself, but I do believe that Destiny has some MMORPG kind of elements to it. Uh, they just, they didn't, they did their best to avoid the word MMO. Uh-huh. Uh, they tried to call it an open world, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very RPG, MMO, FPS, just a whole lot of things shoved into one, uh, which, you know, sounded great. And I'm not here to say I, I I don't have the same negative opinion that Alex does. I'm I'm very positive about the game, but <laughs> but it will be slightly negative. But yeah, definitely a lot of MMO type things. You level up. There's powers. There's different uh, things on the guns that uh, you know augment different stuff. So you know, there's just all kinds of stuff in there. Mm. Plenty, plenty of guns. Maybe not quite as much as let's say Borderlands which was a similar idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think Destiny's trying to take it in a different direction that they're, they weren't really prepared to do off the bat, mm. but they're learning. Okay. So. Well, uh, Alex in uh, episode 5 told us that you have some guild-leading MMO experience with uh, the Burning oh, Crusade. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I played, wow, from vanilla to... I did play uh, Pandaria, but I didn't wow. play a lot. We, I, I essentially quit uh, right after. Uh, uh, oh shoot! What was the one after Lich King? Uh, well, the one right before Pandaria, uh, and raided and guild led from Burning Crusade on. 
Uh, wow. <laughs> so it was, yeah, I mean, a good seven, eight years of, of fun times there. Yeah, that sounds like some pretty good credentials to me. <laughs> All right, and so uh, today we are focusing on uh, Bungie's uh, very new, or newest game, I guess, um, called Destiny. And it was released in 2014, so just last year. Uh, and I believe it's on the Xbox. Xbox One oh. and, and 360, right? And PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3. Okay, yep, yep. So it's on, you know, the two uh, main big console lines. And um, it is a very... I think it's a very controversial game from what I've heard, which is why uh, we have you two to uh, talk about it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd like to, I guess, open up the discussion with... Uh, Alex, I'll let you start. Uh, is Destiny... A good game. Destiny has great combat. It really <laughs> does. Like that's the that's the one thing that Bungie did so well on, in Halo, and you can feel a lot of those aspects in Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what bring what keeps me coming back to the game is the gameplay itself. It's a it's an amazing shooter experience. Like I know. When Destiny goes into lulls where there's not a lot to do, Evan and I played, you know, another game, and then we we get that yearning for a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. And Destiny being the most recent one, it just it it, it does that very very well. Okay. 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 Um. So, what do you think of the game, like overall, then, with the other aspects? Oh, here's where I'll start to be a little more critical. I think <laughs> Evan will be, but um, story-wise, there and I think Evan agrees on this. Evan, stop me at any point if I'm wrong. But story-wise, uh, what you're about to say, I don't think anyone can disagree with what you're about okay. to say. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of story in the game. Mm. Um, like I'll, I'll tell you right off the bat, when we played, um, like the cinematics were gorgeous, the 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 effects were amazing, but it. it the basically the entire story of the game was a uh, was read to you by Peter Dinklage, and for a few minutes it was a great novelty. Like they got a really great voice in the game, but all he did was narrate. There was no real story development. It was very very lax in that regard, mm. and they they gave you these things called Grimmer cards, which you got as rewards for killing certain mobs, a certain number of mobs, completing missions, stuff like that. And those had story aspects in them, mm-hmm. but in order to access them, you had to leave the game, go to Bungie's website, <laughs> log in, and read on the computer. What? Which, right? Which, from any gamer's perspective, no one's gonna do that. <laughs> like, I think Evan did it a few months later, one day when he was bored. <laughs> well, the the Grimmer cards were very obviously meant to be more of a bonus thing. Like, okay. They shouldn't have been our main line for the story. It's unfortunate they turned out to be that way, but they're very <laughs> clearly meant to be like little extra things. Like those who are really interested can go there, read it up. There's probably, you know, there's who knows, there's little hidden storyline things in there that, you know, cause all kinds of theories and fun stuff. But the problem was the storyline itself not only did it not bring you in, it was almost non existent. You didn't need to interact with it in any way. You could ignore all talking and just play the game. Mm. And, you know, there's main characters in the game. The, the main 
portion of this storyline has to do with a being called the Traveler that essentially comes and makes humanity great. I guarantee you 90% of the Destiny population has no clue who the Traveler is. <laughs> the main char- like the main portion of this storyline. Like, <laughs> the reason it all, it's all there. And I guarantee no one knows who that is. <laughs> well, like, he's mentioned maybe three times, I think. <laughs> well, like, prime, prime example, our friend Michael just started playing the game. Mm-hmm. And granted, he came in a little late, but we had told him about the story, you know, in bits and pieces. And he recently started playing the game, and we got to the, we took him to the tower, which is the main social area. Um, and we'll get to social aspects later as a part of an, as a, as a part of an MMO. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the the tower looks out into this vast uh, open space, and the traveler is this massive, like small moon, essentially that hovers very, very close to the surface of the Earth. Okay. And Michael comes into the game, looks over the balcony, and goes, what's that giant moon doing so <laughs> close to the Earth? <laughs> and we were just like, ah. <laughs> Prime example of how <laughs> you can thoroughly ignore the story completely. Yeah, and without they've it. admitted it, and there's hope that in, in the next expansions coming out, they're going to fix that. Mm-hmm. But... Up until date, it's been even through the last two expansions, it's been nothing in terms oh, of stuff. That, which is unfortunate because this is Bungie, uh, Halo being one of the most sprawling game universes of all times, if you include the books. So, like, it's it's disappointing, but not the only aspect of the game. I see. I see. Um, so I mean, yeah, I would I would definitely put that on the bottom of the list of of things they did right, but it's not all of it. All right, um, I see. And so, because uh, how important is like I guess as you're playing through Destiny, do you do you kind of feel like it's a game that um, should have had a story? Because there because there are games um, like Counter Strike where you know it's supposed to be storyless. Oh, for sure. I mean, and there's very clearly an underlying story there. You just have to just rip through things to get to it. It's, okay. It's tough. They, they hit it. And it's <laughs> clearly there, and they clearly have a plan for it. They, they obviously have something somewhere within their building that has some sort of storyline. They just didn't want us to know about it. Okay. And so they hide it in uh, random web pages. Grimmer cards. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a... Uh, that's... Uh, interesting to say the yeah. least. <laughs> it's a new style, but they'll. I, I have high hopes for the next one. I I think they're going to improve. All right. Um. So, I guess uh, going back to Alex, what uh, what else do you I don't know like or dislike about Destiny? And let's uh, just keep well, going with that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll bring up another one that Evan and I agree on because, like I said, pretty soon we'll start to diverge here. Um, <laughs> but there was a when the game was being funded and Bungie was making it, they had left uh, working with Microsoft because it was untenable for them. They didn't, something happened as the relationship went on, Evan, maybe you have more information than I do, but they just, they didn't want to work with Microsoft anymore. Okay. Um, So Bungie broke off to do their own game. And when they were making it, they partnered with Activision. Hmm. Um, And in order, not only did they partner with Activision, but they decided to stick it to Microsoft. And they made any exclusive content for the game 
specifically for PlayStation only. Um, oh. And generally speaking, in a, in a multi-console game, the only exclusive content to one console or another is usually like reservation bonuses, an extra skin, an extra little weapon when you start the game. You know, little things that don't really affect your overall gameplay experience. Right, right. Well, a lot of the time uh, there's early release DLCs, but that's usually about a month. Right, right. Um, but in the case of Destiny, Xbox One players really got the shaft. Um, Sony players got exclusive access to um, exotic weapons, which the the tier level of weapon uh, we- of importance of weapons is green is the basic, blue is the middle, legendary is purple, uh, and then exotic is the top. Right. Um, and there are exotic weapons only accessible to to PlayStation players, <laughs> which is really really unfair. But then even more so. Uh, in the game, sort of like how in World of Warcraft you had five-man instances, Yeah. Um, in Destiny you have three-man strikes. Okay. And they got access, I think, to two... Was it two, Evan, or one? I think off the bat, one, and I think it's built up to two or three at this point. <laughs> right, uh-huh. so it's, at this point, they have access to two or three bonus strikes that Xbox One players never got to play. What? And so much so that Xbox, or that uh, Bungie is going and reworking them for the newest expansion that's going to come out, mm-hmm. and revamping them so that we get to see them in both ways, in the new version and the old version. So, well, that's nice, though. <laughs> it's nice, but it's, it still doesn't take away from the fact that we were denied that. Uh, well, as a small counterpoint, exo- uh, the weapons being exclusive is not a huge surprise. Other games have done that. Call of Duty does similar things. That's not a surprise. The strikes... Okay were the surprise. Hmm. Uh, specific content, uh, game content, being one system only for what's going to end up being a year, and it seems they're going to do it every year, uh, at least as Sony continues to pay them uh, whatever the exclusive uh, exclusivity payment is, uh, they'll continue to do that. Jeez. It is unfortunate, uh, but they, are, they do seem to then... At least this time around, those two strikes that we don't have, as Alex said, they're remixing, is their word for it, and then releasing it for everybody. So we get the old version and the new versions of them this time around. But I believe uh, Sony uh, PlayStation exclusive mem- or PlayStation members are getting at least one or two exotics this time around. I don't know about a strike. I don't think they are yet, but... Hmm. They probably will eventually if they haven't already. Jeez, that's crazy. Is it? Are these strikes um, like? Does it kind of feel like they're just like side content that doesn't have anything? to No, do? no, they're they're direct content. <laughs> you absolutely have to go through what uh, that are important to gaining gear, levels, experience in general. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, which is which is what hurt a bit. Like I understand exclusive content. If it was a personal act between Bungie and Microsoft, which I really doubt it was, it was more likely just a business dealing. And as far as I've heard, it sounds like Microsoft might have actually fought back a little bit. Because from what I initially heard, uh, off the bat, Destiny might was probably going to be an exclusive Sony game in the first place. Uh. Until Microsoft eventually cons- uh, convinced them to make it cross-platform. So uh, I don't know when that happened or if that's even really true, but mm-hmm. I've heard that before. 
So that might be why Sony uh, is getting exclusive deals. But the major reason is Sony is paying them extra. They're paying for those for that exclusive content. Microsoft isn't. I wonder, like, um, for like the future of cross-platform gaming. Like, I really hope that uh, this isn't a the start of a trend. If you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, not as of yet, but. Let's pray. I mean, any any <laughs> PlayStation player would probably tell you otherwise that oh, Xbox has been doing it all the time, Call of Duty, all this, but it was never it's such so in depth as it was in Destiny. Like, mm-hmm. it was a bit of a hard turn comparatively. Exclusive games, you know, that fine, that makes sense, right? I understand a game being exclusive to a system because that's just the way it works. I, uh, you wouldn't, you know, you can't make every game cross cross platform, especially if the developer is owned by Sony or Microsoft. So, right. you know, or in, in some sort of major deal. So fine, but specific content for over for a year or more is a bit extreme. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, a month, fine. A year, that's a lot. <laughs> it 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 really did hurt, and it really was just sort of a uh, a, a big middle finger to. To Microsoft, it felt like, and to to alienate half of your fan base like that. Um, but I mean, l- like you see, I still play the game because the gameplay is fantastic. But um, to alienate half of your base like that was really a uh, an interesting choice by uh, by Bungie or yeah. potentially Activision, whoever they whoever made the final call in the end. I, I like to think it's Activision. <laughs> yeah, me too. Even <laughs> <laughs> the eternal optimist likes to think that Bungie has nothing to do with the a lot of the horrible decisions that have been made, and it's all the evil corporation Activision. Well, I'm sure they have a say in it, but for the most part, any money business dealings are mostly Activision. Right, and, and that sort of leads into, you know, another, some of the other business and uh, sale decisions that have been made in regards to the game have been very poor. Um, most recently, when they announced the next expansion, uh, The Taken King, which looks fantastic, it looks amazing, mm-hmm. Um they released separate bundles, and one of the bundles was all of the games and previous expansions, plus the new expansion for, um, what was it, $80, Evan, the, the gold $60. version? $60. Uh, uh, this I have nothing against. That's a great deal. Uh, when, you, when you play a game from release on, that's just how it goes for any game. It makes sense to have a bundle deal a year in or two years in no, that gives new players cheap, a cheaper deal. Perfect. It, that was a good deal. Yes. It was, like you said, it was the base game, the two current expansions, as well as the next expansion for $60. Totally appropriate. The problem was they released uh, uh, a, like a legendary pack for $80 that included uh, like extra in-game stuff. Little shaders to help color your armor, uh, a couple exclusive sets, things like that. Or I'm, I'm sorry, not sets, but uh, like... Emotes. There's there's emotes in the game where you do like dances or waves or points and they added little exclusive ones in there. Mm-hmm. Nothing of great importance, but the only way to get them was to buy this eighty dollar pack. So if you were an old player that already has all this stuff, already has the base game, the two expansions, maybe even the next you pre ordered the next one, mm-hmm. you would then have to spend another eighty dollars and rebuy all of that just to get these few shaders and huh. uh, and stuff like that. So there was this huge backlash from an interview that happened uh, between, I think, one of their lead designers that he admittedly screwed up there. He came across as an asshat. He just didn't word it well. He made it sound like, you know, 
any Destiny player would just throw money at it, you know, even if we already have the stuff. Like, the stuff is so good that even though we already have 90% of it, we'll throw money at the screen because we're just so stupid. But he didn't mean that, but it's how it came off. Hmm. So they just had this string of comedy of errors, like bad interview, bad release, bad apology, and just over and over and over. Then they did this Red Bull deal, and they just kept throwing things in people's faces that it just, it was a bad month. <laughs> they didn't handle it well. Oh my goodness. Uh, they did eventually offer uh, a separate package where you could pay $20 to get these emotes. That's probably a little bit too expensive, but whatever, it's there for those who want it. I have no plans to buy it, but you never know. And, and in an age where microtransactions for games have become all of the rage, um, it seemed a little ridiculous that you couldn't choose to buy one of the shaders or one of the emotes for a smaller amount and, well, uh, and rather pay $20 yeah. for all of it. That is unfortunate. Uh, now, a lot of people are complaining about the pricing of stuff, but we got to remember that this is a uh, an, an MMO that does not have a subscription fee. So any money that we, you know, they keep saying like, oh, you know, they must have all this money. Well, they got to make a lot of it back. And you do that because there is no subscription fee and currently no microtransactions. The only way to do that is through DLC sales and base game sales. So it's understandable that maybe the DLC is going to be a little bit more than we expect. Mm -hmm. It's not the end of the world. Uh, it's not, it's not grossly overpriced, but it's probably a little more overpriced than people expected. Uh, but we have to see what content's in there before we can really judge it. Uh, $20 for a few emotes and stuff like that is probably should have been 10 to 15, but you know, I, I understand the decision from the business side in the sense that they do need to make some of that money back as there is no monthly fee. But you guys don't even get that $20 option, right? No, we do now. Now that there was some huge backlash, uh, uh, they eventually fixed that. And they're offering the, those emotes and shaders and whatever that comes in that package. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. The entire Destiny community just exploded when this happened. <laughs> well, that's hard, that's hard to say. It, it, like all internet things, chances are it was a, a vocal few, but they weren't wrong. Right. So that, that, I, I think that summarizes the, the business issues that they've, mm -hmm. that they've made with the game pretty well. Up to date so yeah. far, yeah. <laughs> there's still room to get worse, make no mistake. Well, there's always <laughs> plenty of games like to continue that downward slide. Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, at least they, uh, they had the, you know, the business knowledge to change or at least, you know, add the option for people who own 90% of the content to be able to buy the last 10%. So so far, I, I do have to give them credit. Uh, you know, Bungie, sure, there's plenty plenty of errors in this game, plenty of things that how in the world do they think that was a good idea and mm -hmm. stuff like that. They do seem to listen. They're, they're not the quickest in the world uh, for whatever reason. Maybe their development team is small. Maybe there's a lot of bureaucracy. I, I don't know. Um, but they do seem to actually get feedback from their player base and listen to it and at least attempt to fix it, which is better than 90% of games and companies. Right, right. Not everyone can be compared to Blizzard and Diablo 3 and the, the miraculous comeback that, that is Diablo 3. <laughs> from, the yes. game, from one of the worst game releases ever to one of the best games of all time at the moment. Like, yeah. no, not everyone can, can, be prepared, can be compared to them at this stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess. So I, I have hope that Bungie will redeem themselves over time. It's a 10 year project. This is year one. They have time to fix this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like Evan said, I think my, my primary concern was that I, I was shocked that someone thought 
some of these things were a good idea. Like it really, <laughs> it, it really amazed me that there wasn't just like, they didn't just get a focus group and present to their primary, you know, a focus group of 10 or 15 people and say, what do you think of this? And I'm sure at least one person in there raised their hand and said, I think this is stupid. <laughs> um, well, we know a huge group of them did. We don't know what kind of bureaucracy is involved. I've, you know, I, I've I've attempted to to work for Activision at one point. I remember that being a, a poor experience for the very small small amount of time yeah. that that was a possibility. Hmm. But so it, it's very likely they did a focus group of some kind. But if they didn't, or if they did, they clearly ignored it, <laughs> <laughs> or or they didn't get a, a focus group that was representative of their primary base. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I mean, overall, I mean. The game's improved. The, the as Alex has said n- numerous times, the gunplay in the game is awesome. Uh, the PvP aspect is is so close to being something that could actually be included in any sort of major PvP competition of any kind. They're they're so close, hmm. but they need to. They really need to pick up their game on editing and balancing. That needs to be improved because they seem to whenever a problem arises, which there's always going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. It will never be perfect. Right. But, you know, again, an example of Blizzard, whenever there's a PvP issue and let's say, wow, over time, they'll they'll correct that stuff as quickly as they can. They, you know, they need to test and balance on their side, but they'll do it. Bungie seems to push that one off. Mm. Uh, there are very clear issues every time, you know, a, a type of weapon or a specific weapon takes a clear... Lord. Uh, at one point in time, before uh, previously it was a weapon called Suros Regime, which was a uh, auto rifle, which was a very clearly overly powerful weapon that they did inevitably nerf. But they nerfed all assault rifles, right. not the- just not just the one. They did. You know, there, there was a clear discrepancy between the assault rifle class, uh, normal machine guns, mm-hmm. versus a hand cannon class, revolvers and things like that. In which case, hand cannons were a very clear disadvantage. Assault rifles were a very clear advantage. And they, across the board, uh, nerf-hammered the assault rifles and buff uh, hand cannons. But now so hand cannons are all so, you see. <laughs> in doing so, they went too far. Hmm. And they needed to be ready to scale back and edit as necessary if they really do want the PvP section of this game to be competitive in any way. Currently, for example, PvP is just a, mis- a, a mishmash of just two guns... And like cookie cutter specs of any kind that just you don't have room to play with stuff, uh, you know. Unless you're going to do it on a principle, like I refuse to use the current, you know, Thorn, which is the current top PvP weapon, out of just sheer hate and spite. Mm-hmm. See, I I'm the exact time, opposite. I like to use it because it's amazingly hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's way overly powerful. It makes the worst player into a moderately good player. It's, yeah, it does. <laughs> so to, to give you a little it needs background, to be destroyed. Thorn is a, like Evan said, it's a hand cannon, now is the top weapon class in PvP. Mm-hmm. And it's attainable through random uh, bounties or like your daily quest that you can do every day. Mm-hmm. And when you turn in your bounties, you have a chance to get an exotic bounty, one of which is this weapon for Thorn. Um, and what makes Thorn amazingly overpowered is all weapons have usually two perks to them that you know make them different from something else. And Thorn... Uh, its primary perk is that when it hits you, it ticks for additional damage. Oh, okay. Which no other weapon does. And what happens is um, once your shields are down, the tick continues. 
and your shields regenerate based on you not taking damage. Mm -hmm. So they keep your shields down longer and reduce your health at the exact same time. Huh. And then... The yeah. problem is not that. That's just the nice exotic portion of that gun. That's great. That gun, you know, if you're going to have exotics in PvP, which in all honesty, they really should be removed. Exotics shouldn't be allowed in at least the endgame PvP stuff, but <laughs> that's a whole separate topic. If you're going to do that, the problem with Thorn is, A, the initial hit of it is way too strong. Correct. You can easily two to three shot somebody within one second. Wow. Especially with the with secondary perk, which is a the last round in the clip deals yeah. additional damage. So what a lot of people do is they walk into the PvP zone, they fire off seven shots just at nothing, and mm -hmm. then wait to find somebody and fire three shots. And if you headshot, guaranteed guaranteed death. If you well, headshot two shots. If you double headshot, that's done. But again, that's all nice and good. The that you know that last round thing should probably be edited. But the real problem is the sheer accuracy of what is essentially a hand cannon has the same range as an actual ranged gun, such oh, as wow. a scout rifle, which is ridiculous, and then the initial impact of that gun. Whether you headshot or not, the first hit is a complete shield removal. Like, wow. Shields, it's gone. And then you start ticking down. It's It, it needs to be re reduced. And it's the same thing with the other exotic hand cannon that's currently on Xbox, and then the exclusive hand cannon that's on PlayStation, they're overly powerful. Currently, all all main guns that are used are hand cannons, mm. and it just they if they really do want to be competitive, which they clearly do, is they released something called uh, Trials of Osiris, which is essentially the end game PvP content of Destiny. So, for example, WoW has raiding, and mm. then on the PvP side, Arena. This is uh, Destiny's ma PvP match to what would be raiding uh, for the PVE side. It's you know every fr uh, Friday to Monday. It's this, you know, three-on-three, three, really competitive, and it could be really fun event. Uh, they just need to learn to balance. They need, they need to be quicker about that if they're going to be. He is absolutely right. I have to admit, like, Trials of Osiris could be right there. It could be a really fun experience. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's a dreadful experience. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, Bungie open, openly admitted in one of those interviews where people asked them, Specifically because Thorn is such a overused weapon. I mean, th they asked for the... Bungie uh, releases uh, statistics on their game. And one of the ones they asked for is, how many people in Trials of Osiris use Thorn? And they refused to release that statistic. Because they know it'll look bad. And then they were asked if they were going to nerf it. And this is an example of like what Evan said, how they're being slow to respond to things. They said they won't nerf it because they want you to be able to recall to a time when it was overpowered and it was really good. So like it's sort of how they're, they're like how in, in Diablo three, there are seasons and within those seasons, you, you know, there are specific perks and things like that. Right. So for this season of PVP, Thorn is the thing. It's it's always yeah. going to be used. Well, it's there's even more to it. Uh, yeah. Basically, as you said, Alex, that response there is them just saying, we're sorry, everyone on our staff is currently focused on Taken King, uh, but we just can't say that. Mm -hmm, <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's what that is. But, you know, like here's a great example of what's wrong. So this is, uh, so Trials, if you go to Trials of Osiris and you begin a fight, you can see the other team and look at what they have preemptively. And this is the... Initial. This is the majority of Trials of Osiris 
beginnings. You know, you're looking down the player list, and this is all you hear. Uh, okay, we have Sunsinger Warlock, Thorn Shotgun. Next is Sunsinger Warlock, Thorn Shotgun. And the third one is Sunsinger Warlock, Thorn Shotgun. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and that's the problem. Before you continue, so the the Sunsinger Warlock right now in PvP is mm-hmm. currently the only uh, spec that allows a player to resurrect on his own when they oh, have okay. their super ability. And in PvP, like I've done it with Evan in Trials of Osiris, where our entire team was dead and we were about to lose, and I activated Sunsinger, and I was able to kill all three other members of the team because they didn't see it coming. <laughs> it's, it's that overpowered. In seeing it coming, it almost doesn't matter. And I'm not saying that Sunsinger Warlock needs to be nerfed necessarily. That's a great ability. You know, it, it, if you plan for it, you can deal with it. You know, it's not the end-all be-all. The real problem with that, that whole moment is a Thorn Shotgun. Those two classes, hand cannon and shotguns, are the clear victors. Uh, there's a lot of moments where you're in a game and basically there's two classes, Warlock and Hunter, that can do a teleport jump. Mm-hmm. And essentially, there's one person on their team that is just teleporting throughout the entire map, shotgunning people down. So it's teleport, shotgun, dead, teleport, shotgun, dead. And he's just doing it over and over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. throughout the entire map at almost any range. Uh, there's a couple perks on shotguns that essentially increase their range to probably triple what they should be wow. with one shot potential. I don't mean like two shots. They just boom, one shot, boom, one shot, boom, one shot without ever even needing to reload. Yeah, wow. and the range is probably double what it should be even to start without that perk. Yeah, like <laughs> shotguns, you know, if you're going to one shot somebody, you need to be in their face. That's, right. that's a shotgun. And that's fair. I'm not saying shotguns should never be able to one shot somebody. If you're going to use it, you're going to be, you know, low to the ground, sneaking around, or running really fast, trying to get in people's faces, but you shouldn't be able to do that from essentially across the room. Like, Jeez. Or what feels like across the room. Yeah. So, I mean, again, PvP can be really fun. The Iron Banner event, until everyone figured out this Thornton shotgun thing, was could be a lot of fun. There was a lot to do. Iron Banner was just a another PvP event that they had. Allowed you to rank up, gain armor, materials that you needed. It can be a lot of fun. <clears throat> PvP in general, they got a lot of modes. Uh, probably not as many maps as they should have, but a lot of different modes that are interesting. They're adding really interesting ones that I think are going to be ridiculous uh, in the next expansion. So they're improving. It just it took them a year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so, uh, Alex... Um... What, what what is next on this Destiny list? I, I just don't know enough about Destiny to... Sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, we covered PvP pretty well. Why don't we step into the PvE realm? Okay. Um, a, and again, I'm actually amazed now that we're talking about it, how many things Evan and I might actually agree on. <laughs> we, just, we tend to focus on the fact that Bungie has been so slow to adapt, and I'm really harsh on them for it, and Evan likes to give them a little bit of slack. Mm-hmm. Um so one of the big things, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, was um, during a an instance or, uh, excuse me, a strike or a raid, um, if you run out of ammo, the only way to get more ammo is to use something called an ammo synthesis. Right. And there's one for each type of weapon. Wait, wait that's, that was a bit of a misleading statement. There are ammo drops from killing enemies. Yes, excuse me, excuse me. The, the only way to forcibly, by choice regain ammo. Mm. Um, so like generally speaking, your heavy, which is your rocket launcher or your machine gun, Mm -hmm. the ammo is generally very sparse and hard to come by. Um, and so during a fight, you may want to decide that you want more ammo. 
Um, the synthesis are usable once only every five minutes. And in order to use one, you need to bring up your, uh, your profile or your start menu, scroll over one screen, move your cursor, find your synthesis, hold down your X button for a couple of seconds to activate it, mm-hmm. which in the middle of a fight or a raid is very difficult to find a safe spot. I mean, in, I mean, Evan can attest many of these are designed to be very chaotic events. Mm-hmm. They're not like there, there isn't usually a safe spot to hide it. You just have to sort of hope that you found a, a reduced moment. Um, and it's really, really detrimental that you can't uh, fix that to a, um, to another button like the D-pad or something. But the D-pad is reserved for emotes, which are so important in this game. <laughs> the UI of the game is a great example of something that started terrible and that they are very clearly slowly improving. Not that it doesn't need more improvements, mm-hmm. but that example is a great one. Uh, it is unfortunate the emotes are basically hogging the D-pad, which could very easily be used for, like he said, uh, the synthesis. <clears throat> but for example... The, the UI itself didn't always have enough info. Uh, there were there are rep uh, vendors, reputation vendors mm-hmm. within the game to gain loot and stuff like that. And the only way at the time to get uh, to actually view what your reputation was was to actually go to them, which the majority of the time is very inconvenient, and you're not going to always be there. It took them a little while, but they inevitably added uh, a place to view your reputation with different vendors. They've increased the amount of room that you can hold. You know, things like that. Uh, one current problem with P, uh, with the PBE section of it, or actually it could be either, is like, wow, you have a bank mm-hmm. and you were able to increase your bank size. Their vault size uh, is very limiting. Uh, they have a lot of things that you can keep. Uh, and if you really want to be a min-maxer and have different things for different situations, it's right. really tough to hold enough. So there's mm-hmm. they've been slowly increasing the vault size, but... It's something they need to clearly address and increase more. So it's it's they're very obviously listening to us. They're just slow about it. But mm. yeah, in the PVE section, that's definitely we need to be able to affix uh, synthesis to other buttons. Most likely, the only space for that is D-pad. <laughs> um, trying to think of a, of another, and maybe you should. Uh... Well, I, I personally, I think the uh, the rating system started out decently well. I mean, for a brand new game, they've never done anything like this. So a raid is a, is is a strike. It's mm-hmm. uh, an instance. Just uh, and they start off as a six man strike. So six people go into what is essentially this huge sprawling map, taking down bosses, mm-hmm. very much like WoW. Uh, they're a little small uh, off the bat here, but the first one was actually quite interesting. Uh, new new abilities, things you had to deal with. They were chaotic, they were hectic, they were fun, they were great to complete. You know, the first one starts off with uh, an event just to even open the door that required really good coordination between all six people. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you got in the door, there's secret chests around, you know, you have to find them. Some are obvious, some aren't. The first boss, had, you know, was a three-phase multi-event thing. Uh, each phase had different, you know, e- each phase had slightly different things, but some, you know, were throughout. Uh, even the last phase, just dealing with the boss, require one person to have a special artifact just to even hurt hurt him. Like, it was a good boss fight. Right after nice. that, you had to even just find the exit. The exit wasn't a very clear door. You had to <laughs> find the right way to go. There were two different ways to get out. One of them was more secretive, but a, a little bit more difficult because it was a long drop and you could die, you know. Uh, the next part after that was this big sneak event. Like, it wasn't even shooting. 
you weren't even shooting. You actually had to sneak around, avoid the certain enemies, find the door, which was just a little cave, hard to find. <laughs> like these were big events. The boss himself, the main boss of the fight, same thing, you know, multi-event, multi-phase, use this artifact, do this, do that, figure it out. They don't even, they didn't help you at all. There were no hits, you know. They expected the community to do it, which I loved. Like, that's great. You have, you know, the first 30, 40 people who decide to go in, spend three days or however, you know, however long it took them to figure it out. They figure it out. They beat it. They post videos. They talk on forums. Other people go and read about it or figure it out on the on their own. That's awesome. Maybe it takes a little longer. Yeah, that was a great experience. Yeah, and it was it was really what it was really brilliant that they did that. But then, as a I'll I'll be the counterpoint here. Um, the the negative there was that because of the game's in game uh, ability to communicate with other players was so limited. um, Non-existent. And right, excuse me, (laughs) non-existent. And because there was no matchmaking for the raids. The the only way that people were able to find other people to do this was that people started up their own websites. Uh, raid, look, I think it was Destiny. Look- well, actually, wait. There's it's it, there's a point that's even worse there. I will admit. So, not only was there no matchmaking for the raid, if you could find other people that weren't just your friends, there was no in-game voice chat. Right. You had right. to use the Xbox chat, which I think a lot of people just either weren't comfortable using, or for whatever you know, these people weren't on their friends list. There was no way to talk with people, so that was even like there was no way to what the wow term was pug pickup group. Right. There was no way to do that in this game. That was impossible <laughs> without the help of third party sites, right. which so, was still no one knew about and were difficult. But sorry, Alex, go ahead. Right. So these people generated their own websites to look for a group. They allowed you to fill out a uh, a profile basically and say, "I'm a warlock. I'm this spec. I have this weapon," and invite me if you're looking to do this raid. Like, it was a really brilliant idea. And everybody thought that Bungie was going to take it and roll with it and decide to integrate it somehow into their website. Right, right. And like Evan said, it was really interesting how the community just sort of rose up and did it. And Bungie was like, no, we'll let the community handle it. Which, in certain respects, is a great idea. But in others, it isn't. And then... Like Evan said, in, like in PvP, how they sort of overly do things from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the most recent expansion, um, every week there are two unique strikes, um, or up until recently they were the same. But now it's two unique strikes. One is called Nightfall, which is an extremely hard version of a strike with, uh, with extra difficulty, like less ammo drops, or um, you take more damage while in the air, or a certain element does more damage, wow. both by you and by the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a heroic version, which is a slightly scaled down version of that. And before this most recent patch, players could go in to heroics by themselves mm-hmm. um, and do it if they wanted to. Um, but for the nightfall, you had to bring a group of three people. Well, okay, hold on, hold on. That that's not so. It, at the time, you could go in and solo either of them, which many people did, which was difficult. Or you could bring a group of three, but there was no matchmaking for it. If you didn't have one or two other friends on, you had to go try to do it alone. And that was tough. That was not easy to do. They recently added matchmaking to the heroic, as there was really no... It's not that difficult. There's no reason why a group of players couldn't get in there and figure it out. The Nightfall on the raid, I understand... Bungie stated numerous times that they... They plan on the raid and the nightfall being the most, mostly the end game PVE content. 
and it's going to be too difficult to pug uh, with just completely inexperienced players just randomly being thrown in there. Hmm. I understand the point, but they need to do something. Now, to be fair, up until the last few expansions, even WoW, you know, wasn't... You can only go so far. Like, a raid was a raid. You, there was no matchmaking for that. Right. So I understand where that's coming from. Now there is, but that requires WoW having however many different level versions to that raid. Right, so, right. So, you know, I understand the concept that a raid is not going to be matchmaking. And a lot of people are going to be unhappy about that, but it's exclusive content. It's, you need to be good enough to get in there. Mm-hmm. Now, what they do need to do is they have a very half-assed clan system. <laughs> half assed is a nice way of saying it. The clan system is literally just a title. You know, it's a pain in the ass to get through. To make one, to get people, it, you, it requires the website, and that's really unintuitive. It's a pain, <laughs> and it doesn't provide any bonus of any kind, other huh. than your clan name is underneath your name, so other people can see. There's it. no in-game that's chat it. function. There's no. Yeah. There's no ability to invite people quickly to events. <laughs> there's nothing. That's it is strictly a name, and that is all. Like when our friend Michael joined the game, he was like, "Hey, can I join your clan?" And we were like. You could, but we'd have to walk you through this whole thing, and it's just really not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like, they really need a clan system in this game. Like, if you're not going to allow pugs and matchmaking for the harder content, which is the more likely scenario, you need a clan system. You need a way for people to communicate, join clans, interview, do whatever you need to do. You know, be hardcore, be casual, whatever. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a way of doing this for people to be able to, you know... It, wow was such a big deal in that case because okay you'd have these really hardcore players make clans but maybe they just didn't have enough people so you know all the uh, us lowly players would start to well what's next okay well i hear about these guilds and then you join and you get better and you learn and you jump to the next guild it was this huge process that was essentially my life in gaming like that's how i got good that's how i started doing well mm-hmm, and eventually mm-hmm. became a guild leader like i got I got mentored and helped, and you know the the community raised me as a gamer. But there's no system here in Destiny, and they want <laughs> so badly to be that they just haven't done it. Huh. So like like I that's that's why I'm positive about Destiny. I view Destiny as this really great framework. Mm-hmm. Like it, the, the outside of it is great. You know, there's some holes and there's some patches missing. Some might be bigger than others. And they're, they can be fillable, like, they can be filled in over time, but this framework is great if you look at it as a framework. Mm. Not necessarily as a bad game, but a game that could be. Like, it could be the greatest game of all time, mm. if they fill in these holes. If they do a better job. <laughs> Which they're trying. They're really trying. So, so here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shift to a, to an area on PvP, and I'm sure, uh, I don't know if Evan will agree with me on this one or not, but, um... Destiny did a really interesting thing where there's a unique vendor that comes to the city every week. He's mm-hmm. only there on Friday and Saturdays. His name is Zor. Um, and Zor sells a unique set of exotic items every week. He sells one armor piece for each class type. That's Warlock, uh, Hunter, and Titan. Okay. And he sells an exotic weapon, also random. And he sells... Uh, an exotic engram. Now, engrams are uh, essentially the way you get gear during the game. There are epic versions and blue versions and green versions of them. Mm-hmm. You bring it to a guy called the Cryptarch, he decodes it for you, and you get something in return. Okay. You get a weapon, a piece of armor, whatever it may be. Um, now, the primary issue here is that 
as a hunter, when I decode an engram, I can get, or excuse me, as a warlock, I can get an, uh, armor pieces exclusively for hunters or exclusively for titans. Okay. And in an MMO that doesn't have a trading system, <laughs> that's horrible. So when you, so like, I'll, I am trying to get a very specific piece of gear right now, and Evan t- will tell you I've gone through hell to get it. Mm. And I still don't have it. <laughs> it's um, going to be really bad, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll kill you. It's going to be awesome. Um, and I'm waiting for Zor to have a chest engram. That's what I'm waiting for him to have. And I'm going to buy a lot of them and try to get the chest piece I want. Mm-hmm. But in a game where there's no trading, when you decode an engram that has a chance to be a random item, it should be random for your class, not for another class. Right. That so makes I think sense. across all three classes, there are. 12 chess pieces or 10 chess pieces, something like that, that are available. Mm -hmm. So every time I decode this engram, I have probably less than a 10% chance to get it. Wow. That's crazy. I think it's more like eight or nine, but but still, the point stands. But but the point is, right now, Evan has the chess piece and the helmet that I want, and I'm making him hold on to them for the day when Destiny introduces a trading app. <laughs> for the day that I feel like making a video of me deleting them. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, it is a horribly torturous system when you can't trade. It's, it's absolutely horrible. Like, at, Evan, Evan told me that he bought the engram, he got the chess piece, and I said... You're you're lying to me. There's there's no way Destiny is that cruel. And he took a picture with his phone and he texted it to me at work. And <laughs> I almost lost lost my shit. <laughs> like it's, yeah, that is to be fair. The engram system was even worse than that off the bat. Yes, which they did quickly fix uh, off the bat. Uh, you could get one rarity, uh, one version. So you know, like like he said earlier, you know, green, blue, purple is the rarity uh, system, you could get, let's say, a blue engram, and it would be a green item. Or even worse, what? you could get a purple engram, which were rare as shit. They were so rare, and the majority of the time, they were then a blue item. What? And just the the, the tears that flowed right. from and all Destiny players. Because you were so it was happy so when you saw a legendary engram, a purple engram, because it was so rare. It was so unbelievably rare. And to get it, you were you were so ecstatic. You were thrilled. You were like, yes, this means a legendary item. And then you took it to the Cryptarch, and he gave you a blue, and you were pissed. <laughs> yeah. And D- Destiny fixed it, but I mean, like, a, a prime example was before they fixed that, there was this cave called the lo- that people nicknamed the Loot Cave mm-hmm. that had a broken system where if you stand in a particular spot, um, probably one of the easiest mobs to kill spawns unlimitedly from it. No, oh. and so people would stand in this spot and shoot the, these mobs called thralls. All they do is run straight at you, and they're essentially you know a, a one shot in the head. Mm. And they would just keep spawning, and people would stand there and kill things for hours on end because the only the only way to increase your odds of getting a legendary that would turn into a legendary was just to get more of them. <laughs> so or it was, it was, blues in general. Just right. blues have a chance. They had a chance of actually going up rarity, and they okay. still do, uh, which is nice. So people, like I was just saying, people would just just fire endlessly in this cave as things would spawn, and it lasted, I think, about two weeks or so, maybe three, maybe uh, somewhere around there. 
And it was such a big thing that they once they fixed it, they actually left a memento in that cave, uh, like a, a stack of of, hi, of hive bodies that basically, if you walk up and click on them, it says something funny about the cryptarch, like you know, oh, you know, he can never be sated. And it was like it was a funny nod to it, you know, mm-hmm. in a time where it was bugged, but it was a sad like uh, description of the loot system. But it it takes the the, exam, the the point is it takes this level of an event for Bungie to step in and do something actively. Mm. Like, and it yeah. still took them two to three weeks to fix it. Yeah. Like, in that it, time, it I think Evan up. and I probably spent 10, 12 hours of gameplay in front of this, in front of this cave, <laughs> shooting into nothing. Like, it was, it was horrible that the game had been debased to that. It was the only way. Right, it, it really was. It, it, it was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> To be fair, it was kind of fun because you did get a lot of stuff. But <laughs> I, I won't deny there was enjoyment to be had, but it was horrible that a game that had such great expectations behind it had come down to this. <laughs> so they they definitely yeah they raised expectations a little too high, and they you know a lot of the major stuff that people complained about they have fixed, and there's always going to be issues. But really, in the end, if they just get quicker and better at at changing some of these things and balancing whatever currently needs to be balanced. Not mm-hmm. not just worry about the next DLC, but spend time on the current experience that's happening right now, then they'll have a better game on their hands. It's mm. it's the thing that that's why we're like I think Blizzard and Blizzard's one of the top companies out there right now in terms of because they they're so quick on that. Yeah. You know, for for what a game for what a gaming company can be, you know. They their turnaround's great. And then eventually they get into a stride Things go well, they you know, and then they can start. Okay, what's the next step? What's the you know the next thing? Like I gotta say, the next Diablo three uh, patch is gonna be awesome. Yeah, Evan and I were talking about it today. It looks amazing. We are so excited to play. I'm pumped for that one, but yeah. but that's a great example of like, all right, the game's in a great spot. Let's you know now we can take a few months. Yeah, sure. There's things we'll have to balance. Things we'll have to fix. Small patches here and there, and there's a patch like every week or two for whatever small little things, and that's mm-hmm. great. And then, you know, every three, four, however many, you know, two, three, four months, there's this major game-changing patch. Free! <laughs> a free patch with game-changing effects. Wow. Which, which brings you back to the point where it's a company, or rather, the, while Blizzard does have other revenue streams, there's no doubt about that, mm-hmm. this game has no other revenue streams. The auction house doesn't exist anymore. There's no ability to purchase... Uh, from other players or from uh, or from Blizzard, but mm-hmm. for a game that doesn't have any other revenue streams, they have people actively working on it. And while I have major team working on it, right? And while I understand that Bungie doesn't have other ones, they do have a very large budget, and their sole, like Evan said, their sole purpose should not be to just simply release and then focus on the next next expansion. And I think that's probably a a symptom of the bigger disease within gaming these days where the company just cares about what the pre-orders are saying and they release a horrible game right if dlc over the last year how many major uh initial release game failures have there been that required a week or two and numerous patches to get the game even just playable yeah yeah for most players how many times have we heard this now? Eight, nine, ten, more? There's a lot. There's a lot it's, out there. There's, there's just a disease, as Alex said, going on. 
That uh, thing was so broken that they took it down off the Steam store for a couple of days. <laughs> it was so yeah, unbelievably awesome. unplayable on PC that they not only took it down off the store, but they actually pointed players to where they could get a refund. <laughs> so it's just, I, I think it's a, it's a symptom of, like I said, a larger disease, but... Again, it's something that I wish Bungie would learn to do because if they, even if they only released a patch once a month, like just just to fix some things that they. Well, actually, wait, that's not necessarily true there because they do release a patch about once a month, maybe a little bit more, but it doesn't have enough. They're usually very small. A a a patch that is more substantive that actually addresses the concerns and comments from the players, Mm -hmm. and they just they they don't, and they they they've said that they won't in many respects. And it's really disappointing for a game that, you know, for a company as great as Bungie that made Halo, you know, one of my favorite, you know, like I did in my top three, Halo Reach is my, my favorite game of all time. Yeah. And I was really hopeful that this game would continue in that line of great, you know, great games. And then it just, they said MMO and everyone was really excited and maybe MMO wasn't the right term, but with that comes certain expectations and they, they let down on a lot of it. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much ag- uh, agreed. Overall, they're improving. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely the the crack of the gaming world at the moment in terms of addiction. The gameplay <laughs> is so much fun. You'll you, you no matter how much you hate it, you'll love it. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll tell you tomorrow when Zur shows up at the tower, <laughs> I will probably wake up and turn on my Xbox before I go to work to check whether or not he's got what I want. And if he doesn't. I'll go to work and stew about it all day long. Yeah. Please, please let us know, Alex, tomorrow uh, about Zor, and uh, <laughs> we we will uh, we will make fun of you because you're not going to get what you want. So <laughs> you know definitely not. Both you and Evan are the devil. You are you are people. <laughs> if uh, I could, I would buy all of the things there, so you couldn't have them. <laughs> These are my friends. friends. I've known Evan for over 20 years, and that's his response. Damn right. Only the the best of friends would do something. (laughs) Something so terrible. (laughs) So terrible. Uh, All right. Well, you know, Destiny, um, it it sounds like a game with, I hate to say, a lot of potential. But it, it definitely does sound like a game that could be one of the greats. But as of right now, there seems to be a lot of work that needs to be done. Yes. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm excited for its future. You guys said that there's like a 10-year kind of lifespan for well, it. They announced it as this, you know, oh, you know, Bungie got 500 million dollars from Activision for this game. Nice. And what people don't real like really realize like, yes, that is a huge number. Huge. Mm-hmm. That number is I believe for the 10-year uh expanse as well as a a marketing budget. Oh, so wow. it's not as big of a number as you think it is because that five hundred million is for everything. Right. For the it's only cut in half, though. That's still a lot of money. It is a ridiculous amount of money, but we don't know how it's being spent necessarily, and it, it's 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 never quite as simple as that's a big number. This game is bad, therefore they suck. Like it's not ever that simple. Now, sure, it, can the player base and the community just do that, and then therefore the game fails? Oh, of course. Like, if we don't buy the game, the game fails. It's mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, and, you know, yeah, they need to maybe reallocate that money in, in a better way. I have no idea what their business plan is. I have no idea where that money's going. 
I don't like to comment on stuff like that and just say that, oh, they obviously have plenty of money, so right. I don't know how they did this. It's not like I'm in the game world in terms of development. I don't know how, you know, necessarily how it's going on their end. So right. I'm sure the money's being spent as best it can. There have been some blunders. Could there be improvement on that side? Of course there could be. But they are slowly improving. They're doing their best as so far as I can tell. Uh, I don't want to just write them off just yet. Mm. The next so, expansion looks really good. There's a lot going into it. Should this be a bomb? Yeah, that's going to be a problem. For the <laughs> if this one could be successful and maybe put in some of the changes that we've been wanting, plus maybe a bit more, which they seem to say that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. and it seems to look like that's what they're doing, this could be a great turnaround right here with the Taken King. So, so I'm curious, Chris, as, you know, we, as we get ready to wrap up probably pretty soon, what, e- even though you don't have a current uh, you know, Xbox One or a PlayStation 4, based on everything you've heard from the two of us, would you buy Destiny and try to play it? That's right. a leading, loaded question. <laughs> I know it is. I, I know it is. But pretend, pretend you even have a PlayStation Four, which gives you access to all the exclusive content mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we that we have, as Xbox Xbox players have been denied. Based on what we've told you today, do you think you'd play the game? I think um, as of right now, the the smart choice would be to wait for the Taken King and see how that affects the game itself, and then that would kind of. Uh, give me a good idea of kind of Bungie's direction and would affect just, my decision. Just based monetarily, I would say wait, just because that sixty dollars package includes everything, <laughs> yeah. right? and it doesn't it doesn't actually become available until September fifteenth when Taken King comes out. So for sure, if I were anybody else, I'd wait at this point too. Sixty bucks for what is essentially like four games, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I think right now, uh, it's it's still too soon to tell. I I would like to, I would I would still wait it out to see if um, Bungie can be able to make the improvements that uh, are necessary to kind of you know do what Diablo three did. And sure. so I'm 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 glad to know my a lot of my negative uh, views on the game have not uh, have not fully tainted your <laughs> your opinion of what could be. I uh, mean, on that note, you should definitely go play some Diablo three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Destiny, if, especially if they get, like, a really strong PvP scene, I could see it, um, really skyrocketing in terms of popularity, so. Yeah, they're so close. There's, like, it's such a great dynamic with all the different supers, and they, like, they just need to edit a couple things, and they have a really interesting, I I don't know that much about it, but in the next expansion coming out, I think it's, like, a super-based PvP event, like, one map where just somehow everyone gets their supers constantly, and it's just going to be ridiculous. Like, just the shit that can go on in, in that map. Who knows who wins that? <laughs> that sounds I guarantee awesome. your, your, Sunsinger, your Sunsinger shit will be pointless in a map like that. <laughs> yeah, Chris, it's, it's like in League of Legends where you have that, uh, that reduced cooldown uh, game oh, type that they release every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll be like that. So it'll be really entertaining. And, and Evan's right. They're, they're very close. They're, just, they're, uh, they're on the cusp. Yeah. I just want my boy Bo. Let's just let's just get that happening already. <laughs> and then the hunter super for the next one is this big void bow, which is going to be hilariously awesome. Yeah, I uh, I highly recommend for anyone who's considering uh, picking up Destiny when the next expansion comes out, watch the newest trailer that was released. 
Um, it's very well, uh, very well put together. It's not like the first trailers that were just these live action trailers. They're full gameplay, um, and so far everything looks spectacular. Um, right. So if you're if you're considering buying it, highly recommend that as a uh, as a watch. I think it's a three or four minute video, well worth the time. I I saw the live action one and I thought it was great. <laughs> exactly. So the, the initial Destiny like live action one was just like the Halo ones. Like that was really cool and that was fun, but. The the one for Taken King was is is definitely it looks cool. It's just well put together. It's looks very nice. Yeah, yeah. Alright, well I you know, I actually had no idea that we were doing a Destiny podcast so close to uh the first expansion first major expansion coming out, but um Well actually it's it's the third. Oh, oh. Well. It's it's just the it's the largest in scope since the release of the original game. It's okay. supposed to be at least double the size of the previous two. Oh. All right. Well, um, we will definitely do a uh, another Destiny episode probably close to after the patch comes out and we can get some like initial um, feedback on it. Cool. But um, but for now, I think that this is a good uh, you know, rundown of how Destiny is doing now. So, uh, you know, Evan, Alex, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, that was fun. It it was a blast, and I I learned a lot about uh, what's going on in the Destiny world. But for tonight, guys, we're heading out. Have a good night. <laughs>